0: Bum, 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 bam, Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Go Help Yourself. It's a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I want to let you know Lisa's in a mood. Am
1: I? But like a really okay, Misty. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that?
0: What? That's
1: so rude to burp in their oh, ears. Oh, to burp!
0: I can't help it. I have a disease um, called burpalopolis, and it that's comes out. That's my down. favorite city. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's. I think you're thinking of Burpville. <gasps> Burpalopolis is the um the um esophagus Esophageal condition condition mm-hmm. that makes sense every, that this makes is we are doctors mm-hmm. we're here mm-hmm. to read and review a popular self-help book every week
1: as doctors do as
0: doctors do <laughs> it's part of our staying mandate. licensed
1: right. in California it's our cce <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that's Lisa Linky. She is sipping a laco. I wish you could see the way
1: the body language on this one. She's coming in hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh some of you have mis- misophonia, I think, which is like the the real distaste for sounds of like mouth and whatnot. And for that I say podcasts are not your medium. Also, you share the planet with eight billion people and you're just gonna hear people make sounds.
0: Yeah. So like I said, coming in and hot. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, uh, so if you're joining us for the first time... Yeah. This is what we do on Fridays. This is a full book review. Yep. Lisa's going to, I'm sure, present us with an incredible book, you an incredible wisdom. Yeah. And if you like what you're hearing, you can buy the book and dive in deeper. If you don't like what you're
1: hearing, skip it. Yeah. We Amazing. We can't cover everything in an hour. We saved
0: you time. But we
1: can warn you heartily within oh, an hour. Oh,
0: we can't cover everything in an hour,
1: but we can give you a
0: pretty good idea. Yes. Yes. You 100%. get it.
1: Uh, so that's
0: it. We're diving in. It's happening. Also, we cuss. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we cuss it's not for shock value
1: people. It's how we speak. Yeah, it's there's no fucking shock value in it. There's no goddamn shock value. I wouldn't I wouldn't put a Twats hair between me no, and a I shock
0: can't, value. <laughs> that okay, was just Missy, egregious. This
1: week I bring you <gasps> Small Doses by Amanda Seals. Potent truths for everyday use. There's also on the back another um like subtitle that I love. Honest
0: advice for the side effects of life. Yes.
1: And um in Missy's hot little hand, she's holding it. Can you describe it for our longtime loyal listeners e- yes, who are craving? Who
0: are uh, we know that your favorite part of any podcast book review is when we describe the, the, the cover th- that you can't, can't see. <laughs> It's really beautiful. It's um, a rosy pink. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a millennial pink, but it's almost like a grandma
1: pink. It's like a... a like a dusty rose. Uh, yeah, there you go. Dusty rose pink. Headed towards mauve.
0: Yes. And it has um, like a side profile of Amanda Seals. Mm-hmm. And she's got all sorts of symbols in her hair. I think she's, it's her drawings. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's her drawings. So mm-hmm. she's got a diamond. She's got the female symbol. Mm-hmm. She's got a recycle sign with a heart inside of it. Mm-hmm. She's got money. Um, it's really good looking. Stand by. We've got to fire someone.
1: (laughs) Also, in our in our uh, in the lovely Fairfax Village Studios is the inimitable
0: inimitable. Did I I ask someone inimitable inimitable? Inimitable. Sure,
1: Sav, Sav. who is
0: taking a call. (laughs) (laughs) We'll wait. We'll wait. Just kidding! In like in like three hundred hours of podcast recording
1: time, he's never had a phone call come in. Although the other day, didn't he throw his phone? His phone dropped, and we were like, "Why are you throwing your phone?" Yeah, we're like, "What's up?" <laughs> Did we anger
2: you? <laughs>
0: anyway, this is real life. Buckle in. Yeah.
1: Okay. Talk about misophonia. Um, and for my misophonia. thank you. Oh, I see. And for my best friend who takes <laughs> off the book jackets, would you please? Oh shit. not for shock value truly a reaction truly a
0: reaction so um, the bare naked book okay is a red cover it's so satisfying to hold in my hand it's like the red
1: um, text from small doses it's like the perfect shade of lipstick for any skin tone it's like a brick red it's a small well I would say not as now we're gonna really get it not maybe so approaching coral on a brick. Oh, so we're in low lighting here. Yeah, and because we like to gaze into, into each other's eyes, eyes and play football. Anyway,
0: thing. we've been talking about this way too long. It a small doses in Dusty
1: Rose and Amanda Seals in white. It's very satisfying. It's very beautiful. Um, okay, everybody, this is hot off the press. Oh, and
0: the inside is a fuchsia, oh, like a pale. Look
1: at. Okay, you guys and, and all genders.
0: Through. This is a gorgeous book. Yeah. This would make a good gift already. Yeah. Wow, it's... you have so many pages folded down. Um, I really don't. I meant that as a compliment. Thank you. As, look how thoroughly you read the oh, book.
1: I, well, I read the whole thing. Oh, can you imagine? What's that like? Hey guys, this was <laughs> published in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardcover. Uh, this is for Sarah Maher. The part hardcover is 17.99. The uh, Kindle is 11.99, and the audio uh, Audible is 17.47 or one credit. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's on overdrive, but there will be a long wait because sure, it is brand new. It's brand new. Um, uh, and um, it's not got a paperback because it's just been released. So I don't think they're either not doing a paperback or it's going to wait until another You know issue. how some
0: books don't have a hardcover and we're like, it's not that, that kind of book. book. This feels like it doesn't have a paperback because it's paper book, yeah, paperback because it's not that kind of book. It could be or it could be going
1: old school publishing mm-hmm. um, strategy, which is to get – a, a hardcover all the way out and then do a paperback release. I didn't know that was a strategy. That's how you get people to pay higher prices for the same item. Great. Good for you, publishers. Right? right. gouge just all. Hardcover costs more. You wait for the paperback. Okay. Although now with Kindles, people tend to just buy that version. And it's so Instant and it it doesn't there's no material waste. you know you could pay $17 to see it in the movie theater or you can wait and rent it for For a dollar yeah 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 yeah. at your red red box okay Um, that's market segmentation okay here we go from Wiki Amanda Seals formerly known by the stage name Amanda Diva is an American comedian actress disc jockey slash DJ that's what they're letting us know what that is recording artist television personality and author aside from her solo career she was also a touring member of the musical group Floetry since twenty. In 2017, she starred in the HBO comedy series Insecure, and she recently was added, like within a couple weeks um, of us uh, recording this podcast, to the daytime talk show The Real as a permanent co-host. Oh, wow. Um, her mother was born and raised in Mount Moritz, Grenada, and her father is African-American. As a result, both she and her mother are dual citizens of the United States of America and Grenada. Um, I guess it's Grenada, Grenada. It depends on how people say it. Tomato, potato, tomato. Potato, mm-hmm. um, I feel like Americans call it Grenada, but I feel like I hear people in their in their dialect saying Grenada or right. their accent. I don't rightly know. Uh-huh. It's one of the two.
0: Someone write to us and let us
1: know. She graduated from um, SUNY Purchase, Sunny Purchase, and then acquired a master's degree in African American Studies with a concentration in hip-hop from Columbia.
0: Whoa, with a concentration in hip-hop? Yeah. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, she's she's like a linguist I really love her use of language is so precise I love it I love that um, she also started Smart Funny and Black and so what's um, that, that I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that but this is from smartfunnyandblack.com okay Um, comedian actress writer producer and more Amanda Seals doesn't just make you laugh she makes change with an uncanny knack for taking serious topics like racism rape culture sexism police brutality etc and with humor making them relatable and interesting she combines intellectual wit exuberant silliness and a pop culture obsession to create her unique style of smart, funny content for the stage and screens. Along with performing stand-up across the globe and touring colleges doing comedic lectures on everything from sexism and diversity, relationships to Black popular culture, this former MTV VJ with a Master's in African American Studies from Columbia is a series regular as Tiffany on HBO's Insecure, in which she is hilarious. Oh, yeah.
0: That whole show is mm-hmm. brilliant. My friend Amy writes for that That's show.
1: So you tell Amy how much I love it? Um, Amy, I know you listen. I love it. Guest start on, I just want to say, the top of season two, it opens with Issa and her best friend, yes, Molly, yes, at a cafe. Yes. And there's this moment between them that I had to rewatch 15 times because it was the quintessential moment between two best friends who cannot live together um, where Issa doesn't have a place to live and Molly's like, you could move in with me and there's a long beat of silence and then they both start talking at the same time about how Issa didn't break her vase but Molly thinks she yes, did and all she, yes
0: Yes. It was brilliant it's writing. God, it was I so know. Good.
1: Okay. Um, she's guest starred on Blackish, has performed stand-up on Late Night with Seth Meyers, and opened for Chris Rock. She's a creator and host of L.A.'s hit comedy game show, Smart, Funny, and Black, that is touring nationwide. It uh, speaks truth to change via her wildly popular Instagram and weekly podcast, Small Doses, has written, produced, starred, in two seasons of her scripted comedy, Get Your Life, available on www.blavity.com, www.blavity, and went viral after articulately and passionately confronting Caitlyn Jenner on issues of race and equality in America during a live-streamed streamed dinner hosted by Katy Perry on YouTube. A Jedi Khaleesi with a Patronus that's a Black Panther with wings. Thank you. Amanda oh my god! continues to keep audiences <laughs> laughing, thinking, and living in their truth. So Smart, Funny, and Black is a live trivia comedy show that she takes to different cities, and um, it's... I've always wanted to go. I've never been able to go when it's here in L.A.
0: Yeah.
1: But she has like it's part trivia and she'll have two like comedians or local um, African-American celebrities or either like grew up in that city or they're local to that city. They're like competing in trivia and it's like they're singing and dancing and it's it's all about like um, culture and black culture and culture. it's. It looks so, like so much fun. I, I always want to go. This. I love
0: this. My question is how?
1: How mm-hmm. does she do all
0: of these things? She sounds like the busiest person alive. She
1: is. Um, she will. Ta- if you follow her Instagram on her stories, she every night she does like a bedtime tea where she'll repost something or give like a piece of uh, her perspective or point of view from something that happened that day, and she just she talks about the hustle and the grind a lot um, in her book, and. Um, she's great I, I i I really look up to her as a role model for how to advocate for yourself in the business as a creative and how to just constantly work 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 work
0: yeah and and it sounds like I how old is she Do we she
1: was born in eighty one so ninety one oh one eleven twenty so she's thirty excuse me ninety
0: one oh one it's almost twenty one so she's almost forty yeah. That's so much to accomplish. I know, she's great. Wow, that's um, amazing.
1: I love her dearly. I remember, I knew, I knew of her and I loved her on Insecure, but then when she was on this, Katy Perry live-streamed her entire weekend when she came out with that one new album. Wow. And it was on YouTube and it was like a big thing. And they, she had this dinner with like Margaret Cho and I'll talk about it, but... um she had this interaction with Caitlyn Jenner that just I was like, that is somebody that I want to listen to all the time. So I started following her on Instagram, That's and amazing. she's she's truly wonderful. Oh, great! Okay, there are five chapters in this. That's it. Book. Mm-hmm. How
0: and, many pages is it?
1: Um, because it's a good size book. Three hundred twelve. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Chapter one. So each chapter it has an intro and then like a small. Um, like small hits and bits, like a paragraph here and there, or like a um, a list, images, drawings for topics underneath that side effect. Okay. And then each one has gem drop in, which is a from her actual podcast. Mm. And then, um, uh, that's her point of view on whatever topic. Wait, is like at uh, it's a book, so is it a typed out kind of excerpt? excerpt? So, like in her podcast, they'll have, she'll have guests, she'll do, but she'll also do like essays or whatever Mm -hmm. about a topic. And Mm -hmm. so these some of these come from, I'm sure, from that or are derivations from that. Great. And then each um, chapter or like um, section within each chapter ends with a section called That One Time, and that's a personal anecdote from her life that pertains to the topic at hand, the side effect at hand. Can I
0: ask you a question that Mm -hmm. we normally ask at the end of the book, but Mm -hmm. I'm just so curious as Mm -hmm. we're going into this. Who do you feel like this
1: book was written for? Um. I'm picking something out of my teeth. It's very cute. Though. It was bothering it's me. It's
0: very cute.
1: I started using bamboo toothbrushes. I don't feel like the bristles are really yeah. getting in there. No, they're they're not stuck to the bamboo very well. Oh, so, so sometimes you have they bristles break off and come oh. off. But the plastic isn't washing up on a foreign shore, which is wonderful. I can live with it. Yep. This book, I think, is primarily directed towards um African American and black and brown women, um and men. Okay. But anybody.
0: Okay. So this is not one of those like I'm I'm going to try to speak to the masses as a whole to try to like dismantle well, X, Y, or Z. No um just curious and we may not know the answer to that question just
1: curious if she ever said like i'm writing this book for i think she she would love for everybody to read it yeah but i think like when i look at the people who've mostly posted about it on our instagram Mm -hmm. and and who've covered it i want to say it's mostly african-american women okay cool yeah um okay so uh Short bits I showed you, it's like colorful, fun. There's like highlighting and drawing everywhere. So it feels less like a book and more kind of like a how-to guide handed down by your big sister. That's cool. With, like, notes in the margins. That's really cool. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So the chapters, uh, chapter one, Ladies First, which has side effects of each of these side effects are chapters. Body and beauty BS, side effects of rape culture, side effects of being a black woman, and side effects of the hoe phase. You're welcome. (laughs) Chapter two, race realities, side effects of race in the workplace, side effects of the white bubble, side effects of stereotypes, side effects of staying woke. Chapter three, Square Biz. Side effects of being a creative, side effects of the come up, side effects of the fall off, side effects of being a multi hyphenate. Oh, wow. Chapter four, Baywatch side effects of dating in a digital world side effects of the curve side effects of booed up side effects of breakups to makeups. chapter 5 people are weird side effects of type A personalities side effects of dahomies side effects of being a realist and side effects of haters and then the last chapter chapter 6 glow on side effects of insecurity side effects of individualism side effects of therapy and side effects of living in your truth so I'm not going to cover each one of those divisions within chapters we will cover some stuff from each chapter, Great. Um, but just things that really spoke to me that I felt like would be good to share.
0: I already want to read this book. Yeah. Just hearing the chapter headings, I'm like, oh, I want to dive in and I want to hear from someone who's yeah. dealing
1: with all of that. So there's just a quick, uh, it's not the dedication because the dedication is here, but it's just kind of like a, maybe a foreword that isn't formally titled, okay. but it says, these words come from experience, hope, and faith. You may not agree with all of them, but know they're born from a pure place.
0: Oh, Which I like is that. definitely
1: her vibe. Do
0: you know what this also kind of reminds me of as you're flipping through it? It's almost like a magazine. Mm-hmm. Because there's like beautiful glossy photos yeah. of her and yeah. then there's drawings and then there's like it's more fun than just text on a page.
1: Yeah. It's really, I think, felt to feel that way and not like a – it's not like a compendium or a how-to. Well, again, it's just it, kind it feels like, like she's
0: doing it the way she – the way the wiki page said she tackles all these subjects, she's doing it in, like, a fun and accessible way.
1: Yes. So chapters one. Chapter. Chapters one and one. Thank you. Ladies first, in a woman's best interest and slaying in spite of sexism. Thank you. So um, we're going to start with side effects of body and beauty, BS. Thank you. Um, But I want to read just from the intro here. She says, which I also feel like is kind of an intro for the whole book great and it's really light print on light here so it is a,
0: I feel like I need a magnifying glass to read that well it's brown, just it's, 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 it's
1: brown text on light brown yeah it, there's just the beautiful coloring of everything it's all different it's, I love it it's also got a vintage palette so the first title of this is womanhood is by no means easy nope and then later in this opening she says now we find ourselves at a turning point in history, where, particularly in the West, though our rights to our bodies continue to be decided upon by rooms of soulless, melaninless men in expensive, muted suits and fantastic Sam's haircuts. I do love <laughs> the shade you. she throws. We lean in and grow our numbers, pushing the narrative to finally hold the pen and writing history. Daily, we defy the degradation of being considered only for reproductive purpose, or objectified for sexual pleasure, or vilified for independent thought. We actually disembowel proponents of body shaming, reclaiming our many shapes and sizes in their natural forms. We are raising the volume on having zero tolerance for abuse and mistreatment. We are educating the masses on rape culture and holding predators accountable. We are a movement. That said, we are not a monolith. Mm. Once upon a time, womanhood was measured simply by being born with a certain set of reproductive organs. Over time, as we have expanded beyond just our sexuality and gender assignments, we have come to see the broadness of its beauty and the complexity in its actuality. No matter what type of woman you identify as, be it cisgender, trans, lesbian, queer, another label, or without a label at all— to speak about being a woman is to speak about all of these things from various points of marginalized society while being fully aware of your inner sanctum of supa. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, the most privileged women are t- to the most forgotten have all been relegated to the back in one way or another to stand behind patriarchy as patriarchy impedes their, pro- their progress. For that, you would think intersectionality would be a natural part of feminism, the fight for women's equality. However, feminism is still navigating its way through other obstacles of difference to truly be effective for the various types of women it should be speaking for. In the meantime, we must continue to speak for ourselves. And when that ain't enough, join with others in bringing the noise. Yes. Thank you for letting me stumble through that. That was light text on our dim lighting and I forgot my glasses, guys. Just, Just... Deal with it. Anyway. Deal with it. I love that she, to me, that was a really beautiful way of kind of framing what intersectionality is. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. For people who are like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? It- Uh, And it's it's
0: when you're meeting people at the intersection of different layers of oppression. Yeah. Right. So like there might be racism, there might be ability or disability, there might be education. Like it's where do all those things intersect?
1: Yeah, I agree. I just love that she also put like the historical context. I love that. Yes. Yes. And like we've come so far, far and. And also, we've got a long way to go, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she does do a great job of always, you know, including LGBTQIA. She does a great job of acknowledging. I, I, I just am very, um, I, I admire to be as in, as inclusive as she. Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, because we have read. 50 plus books yeah. in the last year how many articles spoken with so many people and there's like maybe four authors that have actually been truly intersectional and yeah. inclusive and diverse yeah. in their viewpoints yeah. in the books yeah so it's refreshing
1: it is okay um <laughs> here is a section called please tell other women this is still from ladies first and the side effects of body and beauty bs and this is an a good insight to her frank and funny style if you really don't know who she is. I
0: don't really. Okay, and I'm sad Okay, so about you it.
1: can, it's like, it's got like a finger, like point of order. Yeah, there's like doodles. Yeah. It it's says, cute. hey, please tell other women when they have food in their teeth, if their tag is sticking out. Thank you. If they have lipstick on their teeth, if their thong is showing, if their fly is down, if you like their outfit, if you've been cautioned about a creep, if their significant other is being shady. In other words, let's look out for each other. Society has created multiple ways for us to be self-conscious about things that naturally happen if you're simply moving in the world. Mm. So let's at least help to alleviate the feeling of embarrassment by normalizing this stuff with basic acts of attentiveness to your fellow gals. Yes. Thank you. Right? I was like, can she be my friend? Um, she, from is. she is your friend. Side of- thank you. you from met yet. Side effects of rape culture. Yep. Everyday forms of sexism. There are phrases so ingrained in our society that we don't even realize how problematic they are until we take a closer look at what's truly behind the words. For example, like a girl really means, I believe women are capable of a lesser standard or of skill. Mm-hmm. I believe women are capable of a lesser standard of skill slash strength than men. I was right. So I'm using them as a synonym for addressing your less than stellar performance. Yes. For a girl really means I believe women are capable of a lesser standard of skill slash strength than men. However, you, comma a girl, seem to defy my blanket uneducated assumption, and I am attempting to give you a compliment while completely disrespecting your entire gender group. Yep. Unladylike really means, I believe women are supposed to behave a certain way that makes me feel safe in my toxic masculinity. And your ability to casually demonstrate your freedom by moving your backside like that is making me very uncomfortable. Um, Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so these are like it's little bits, little bits like that. Yes, this whole section is great. It
0: matters. These Mm -hmm. little things matter. Yeah, it's like I feel like the phrases. Thank God, at least in my world the phrases, um, uh, using the term pussy as a derogatory term, like, well, don't be a pussy, right? That, and that's so gay. That was something that was really prominent when I was in my early 20s and in college. And it's like, it was ubiquitous. It was everywhere. And nobody realizes how incredibly damaging
1: it is. those statements are. And also, I think, you know, we've... The representation that we have now with characters on TV mm-hmm. and movies that yep. are homosexual really does. It matters. It matters. And so we didn't have a lot of that growing up. One of my fellow classmates at my acting school was just thinking about himself, really not thinking about the larger context of Me Too mm-hmm. and this turning tide of how women had no agency and voice in terms of, like, reporting rape. Right. And he was like, I just don't want people to <laughs> to make— pink like a bad thing like you know so what if he wants to jerk off into a plant and I was like he goes I just wanted to become a witch hunt and I said you need to stop and sit down right wow. now and my friend Grant was like yes yes <laughs> yes because I was like first of all a witch, hunt, this. a witch hunt is killing women simply for being women yeah so stop right there and stop using that word yeah unless you're talking about actually killing women for their gender
0: yeah and just I was be
1: specific in your I was like I don't think anybody cares that he jerked off into a plant I think they care that he jerked off into a plant while a woman was there held against her will. Yes. As a power tactic. I was like, how, and if you could maybe stop thinking about and worrying about your own jerking off and maybe think about a woman in this situation. Or like a
0: person's traumatic experience. I was so,
1: I hated it. Good him. for you. Oh, I don't Sometimes I don't, I don't, don't even know mm-hmm. how to
0: address that stuff. But my point is. Yes. This language matters. matters. And the phrases we say every day, you have to think about what you're saying. Or those uncouth jokes that used to be really funny. Yeah. You know, like dads would tell inappropriate jokes and I would just be like, why is that? Why is that funny? Why
1: is that Everybody, funny? No,
0: you can't take a joke. It's just a joke. And I go, well, what part about a battered woman's joke that you just told is funny? Or what part about that racist joke you just told was funny?
1: Thank you. Okay. From uh, everyday forms. Uh, no, this is from Side Effects of Being a Black Woman. This is called So Strong. If you are not a black woman, so this is addressed particularly to us. Yes. Please stop telling black women that they inspire you to be a strong black woman.
0: Oh, it's. People say that?
1: Oh, yeah. The reality is we become strong out of necessity necessity not by choice yes. our resolve and resilience has been tough and not because of a desire to ascend but because of a demand to do so in spite of the constraints surrounding us yes. we have never been widely regarded protected or preserved we have consistently been admonished abused and appropriated we've had to design our own shields form our own foundations and be each other's fortitude so yes mm. our strength is noble and honorable and commendable however it is far too often recognized but not received Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing. I think people do say "strong black woman" an
0: awful lot. No, 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 they do for sure. Yeah, but I've never. I can't believe someone would say you really inspire me to be a strong black woman.
1: Yeah, I don't know how. That's outrageous. That's, a, that's to outrageous. To I think people and or allude to something like that. Like,
0: right, right. I right, wish right, right. I had
1: the fill right. in the blank of a strong black oh, woman.
0: Man, it's <clears throat> you know, yeah. it's also it's so. I love that perspective because it's like any time you've been through something terrible in life and somebody goes, wow, you just, you're so strong for surviving that. There is a resentment, at least in my experience, of being like, well, I only seem strong because I had no choice. Like I died or I had to go. What was the other choice? Yeah.
1: And also, what if I'm not feeling particularly strong about it right now? You haven't given me an option. Yeah, thank you. Like I think Chanel Miller talks a lot about that. Like you're either survivor or victim and there's some room in the middle.
0: Yeah, and it wouldn't it be nice to not be put in a position where you have to be strong all or the either time. or. Yeah. Thank you. Um
1: so in in her section in so, uh, side effects of being a black woman, she has uh, in her gem drop-in segment, hostile mm. versus passionate, and she mm. talks about that a lot. And this came up in her conversation with Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. And I love that. If you haven't seen was that Was it a
0: live conversation? Like was it Caitlyn was, it at Katy Perry's Street house and, it was live and streamed. Sales?
1: It was Caitlyn Jenner Amanda uh, Seals, Margaret Margaret Cho, Cho, Katy Perry. There were a bunch of other celebrities. they were
0: literally having dinner at Katy Perry's house. You have to watch it. Just YouTube it. Okay. Okay.
1: It's great. So just I want to read this first segment um, because I feel like it really does a nice job of for non- black women Great. <laughs> it helps kind of like articulate it Wonderful. so it says to be a black woman is to be judged on tone before you even open your mouth the way we hold our faces the way our bodies are designed the way we live in our skin all of the above has been poked prodded and politicized for centuries by individuals who did so to oppress here we are now in a world where although black women are no longer in the chains of slavery or relegated to only careers of service we are still far too often diminished to monolithic stereotypes not based on who we are as individuals or even accurate cultural commonality These stereotypes often affect our effectiveness in the workplace or the social sphere. Mm. In other words, folks try to say that we're ratchet and angry in order to undermine the real shit we are often voicing. This deterrent is incredibly problematic. Though black men are often misconstrued as thugs and dangerous, black women are by no means excluded from the blanket assumptions. Simply by asserting one's opinion or even a fact, black women are often seen as confrontational and hostile as opposed to being seen as intentional and passionate. (sighs) In order to make the distinction, we're going to start at the real. They didn't want us to read. It was literally a criminal act to educate oneself, to simply know how to write your name. So I do not find it surprising that when a black woman speaks intelligently and with conviction, she is often misnomered as hostile. She is in direct violation of the original American standard of thinking that considered her intellect to be a threat to democracy and peace. And then in all caps, she has, they didn't want you to read. So I think that does address who, who oh her book my is written for. God,
0: And that historical context is mm-hmm. so important. Yeah, yeah. Especially when people are like, make America great again or like, let's go back to, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, what that else uh, reminds me of? If anybody hasn't had that particular experience, um, and that's very upsetting because it's like, it sounds like you can't even say something directly.
1: No. Not even passionately,
0: but you something hear that directly. all the time. you
1: see that where you know? Yeah, the stereotype of the angry black woman. Yeah, or just all look at like Sandra um, Bland. Is it Sandra Bland? She got. Uh, she was pulled over in Texas, mm. and you know yeah. the way that she was interpreted was an angry black woman, and it ended yes. up getting her arrested, and then she was oh. she hung herself in her jail. That's what the police said. That's what I they say.
0: Know. Well, the other thing I it makes me think of is. Women in general, for centuries, have been told, Oh, you're don't be hysterical. Like, if we get emotional or passionate about white women get hysterical, black women get exactly, exactly. uh, So, it's so that it feels like it's sort of an adjacent experience of like, Oh, you're totally written off as being hysterical and emotional when you're like, No, I actually have feelings about this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're moving on to chapter two race realities, addressing inequality and staying woke. And in side effects of race in the workplace, I'm going to read you um, white people. People stop doing this shit. Thank you. Touching people's hair or asking to touch people's hair, asking, what are you? Using, Ugh. quote, black woman's effect when speaking, such as, you go girl. Like
0: Which, Rachel
1: Hollis? Yeah, although we do say that, like, it has kind of become like a, a colloquialism uh-huh. or like
0: a, a cultural.
1: And we'll talk about cultural appropriation later okay. in the book from her perspective. Okay. And again, this is her perspective, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so part of me was like, I can't say you go, like, but I do think what she's saying using a black woman's effect when speaking. So, if I was to speak,
0: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. with a
1: with an intonation and maybe dialect, that would be different if that was right. not my normal speaking, um,
0: right? Because then it feels like you're sort of like playing a mimicking. role or a character, yeah, yeah mimicking, yeah,
1: referring to your inner black woman when you are not. Stop doing that.
0: Who di- I I this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Who is walking around going, "You inspire me to be a strong black woman"?
1: When they're not, it's the same people who also refer to spirit animals. Like it's the same people. Yeah. We just they just don't know that you can't. I think they're doing it out of they I think mean some it as people, a compliment. They do. And yet it's it's so ooh, it's icky. Also, people, I my my friend who worked. <laughs> at a company was told by people that she worked with because she was able to handle people on the phone um and because she was funny that like she had a, a black woman living inside of her you know what i mean and like
0: i don't what
1: as like her you know what i mean and so it's like uh, well also that's your boss so you what are you gonna say you're gonna God say damn it yeah but that was also 20 years ago uh. um okay Uh, expecting people to educate you on their culture without having educated yourself. That's a big pet peeve of mine. Yes. And I'm going to add in, from my perspective, asking your friends to Google it for you. Uh Uh-huh. Complaining about the smell of someone's ethnic cuisine. Stop doing that. Assuming everyone had the same upbringing as you. Stop doing that. Uh Uh-huh. Stop asking, what did you do this weekend? Wait, what? Mm Mm-hmm. So here's... um, Here's why she why wants you to do that. Oh. A verbal assault that involves no curse words and takes out the opponent during. Uh, she has, yeah, both of these. She has a star, an asterisk on the here. hair. And here's the first one. She says, A woman once told me she hated this question because when she would answer truthfully with, washed my hair, it required an entire explanation. Oh. Like if a black woman washed her hair and it took her. A long time. Oh, she would have to explain it. She eventually reported to just saying nothing much and kept it moving. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I did not.
0: I you know that's completely out of my experience or purview. I had no idea that was something that I shouldn't.
1: Well, ask. this is her opinion,
0: right? Because I feel like that's a thing that I ask everybody. Like, what were you up to? How did it go? Did you enjoy yourself?
1: You know? Yeah. Again, this is one person's perspective yeah, right
0: um, but good to know, good to know that that could be that could bring up an uncomfortable conversation
1: yes. um, and although I'm probably not gonna stop asking that, I might mm-hmm. not ask somebody that I've never met before that, right, but right. maybe a, a close friend I will also stop asking for a play by play of why my hair looks different this week, which I loved. Yeah. okay. you might remember in our previous um Weekly beef. Yeah, we talked. We had the jacques, and so now we're gonna do uh, talk about
0: diversity versus what folks think diversity. That's right. Is.
1: And so she and we talked about this kind of in depth, but now I have the book in front of me. Diversity the text versus inclusion. inclusion. This
0: was um, last week's mini set. That's right.
1: Um, which I did as like a preview to this text. Yeah.
0: This super fun and diff. Lisa asked what did Sav and I think the difference between diversity and inclusion, and inclusion
1: was So she says um diversity went from a potent word that meant making sure a staff is not filled up with just white people to being watered down literally by white people Uh-huh Mhm the thing is, there's a different word for making sure that all voices are heard versus making sure that discriminated groups are represented. And that word is inclusion. inclusion. She says, when I talk about what people think diversity is, I am working to widen that space and broaden that POV to include voices that, although they may not be the same as straight white male, might still have access to some of the privilege he enjoys. And She goes, folks, is going to be tight in three two, one, but being a white woman in a room of white men is not an example of diversity. Yes. Folks is going to be big mad in three, two, one, but being a white gay man in a room of white straight men is not an example of diversity. Mm -hmm. The gag is so many people are so accustomed to the rigid rules of representation that they've seen for so long that simply meeting the terms of inclusion of any, quote, others feels like an arduous stretch of comfort that looks like diversity. Right. Keep stretching. Change does not simply uh, stop at including other white people who are not straight white men. That's where change. Begins. Mm -hmm. So um, she says the clarification of what diversity is is not petty. It's important. The main reason is that spaces reserved for purposes of increasing and fostering diversity are being diluted with folks who do not require the same level of assistance and inclusivity to break through. Mm -hmm. White women, LGBTQ white men and women, disabled white men and women all deserve inclusion and to be a part of the conversation. However, their involvement is not an example of diversity. Right. Though they are part of different societal groups than the majority leadership, their access to white privilege is still very actual and factual in comparison to their racial and ethnically diverse counterparts. Again, this is not to say that women as well as LGBTQ community have not been oppressed, suppressed, and distressed by the powers that be in this country. They absolutely have. Their points of view should be represented and heard resoundingly. However, diversity is about opening up previously unopened door to groups of people who have been disenfranchised and silenced simply because of their race and or ethnicity. Yes. There is a specific conversation to be had about the marginalization of culture and ethnicity versus gender and sexuality. Yes. Though intersectionality does exist in the ways the groups are discriminated against, there are unique nuances to each and the experiences associated with them. That said, the inconvenient truth for some is that diversity is not simply everyone who isn't a straight white male. If you are different, you deserve inclusion. But real talk, if you benefit from white privilege and you're taking space away from those who don't, you are a diversion from the implementation of diversity. Wow. When you try to make a safe space for everyone, you end up making a safe space for no one.
0: That is. That's why I said it blew my mind. Remember that? That's so precise Mm -hmm. and clear. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I told you. I, I told you guys last week. Yes. I was like, Sam, well, what do you think minute. about
2: hearing that?" Um, I disagree. Yeah, talk to me about it. Um, I just think that uh, while I one hundred percent like respect what she's saying, like especially when you think in regards to like a boardroom, I definitely understand that. Um, you know, one of the most important aspects of diversity is racial diversity, and in terms of. Um, Obviously, like historic representation, I mean, my God, like that is one of the most important fights in the workplace. But I just think it's co-opting a word that uh, in a problematic way because to me, diversity just means like diversity of thought means that you have a – it's in respect to like – and again, this is just my personal opinion. Yeah, just Um, like this is hers. Mm -hmm. But to me, diversity is like if you have a group of people – That within that group of people, um, there are different points of view. There are different life experiences. So I actually think if you have a group of all queer people or if you have – a and this, again, (laughs) three, two, one. People might be upset here. But like (laughs) uh, if you have a group of all um, queer people, if you have a group of all women, if you have a group of all black people, if you have a group of any single marginalized group – I actually don't think that qualifies as diversity. To me, diversity is, and this is just my opinion, but that's why I think we can't co-opt the word diversity to any one person's opinion, um, is that diversity means that you have different groups of people coming together. Yes. Different
0: life experiences, different perspectives. Yeah.
2: So I I respect and I hear the frustration um, because it is, what she's saying is so important. Yeah. But I just think to me... uh, that in point to express that opinion, which again is completely valid, uh, is problematic to me because it's, it's co-opting a word that to a lot of other people is is really important. Because I think of like diversity as a queer person. I think of like, okay, like the New York Times, you know, page growing up, I would look at it and I would see that it was all straight couples, right? Or yeah. like I would mm-hmm. see television and I would see that it was all straight couples. So for me, diversity within those contexts is like extremely important and extremely personal. So um, just coming at it from a different side, I think that in the context of the workplace, I hear what she's saying because as a white person, even though I was queer, like 50 years ago, I could have passed and just like not come out. Um, But I still could have been fired for coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then there are countless examples. Uh, I mean, it's just endless. And, And then especially in terms of gender, I mean, still today, I think one of the biggest things that really I just think is so important um, from, from the gender side is that people who have gender differences get discriminated against so much in yeah. the workplace. Yes. Um, and even I, at working at Nickelodeon, was really afraid to just, like, dress differently. And, yeah. and still, actually, like, I still, even in Los Angeles, I'm afraid to dress differently because yeah. I know in a lot of places I'll be discriminated against. Yeah, yeah, and yes. uh And I'll feel really fearful. And so... I don't know. I just um I it's one of the it's the only thing within this book she said that I strongly disagree with.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is so eloquently
1: said. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. No, of it's
0: course. no. I
2: No, Sav, you are not allowed to have
1: independent thought on this on this podcast. <laughs> no, I
0: I mean, after listening to Sav say that so clearly and eloquently, I it feels to me like we could benefit from a third word. Do you yeah, know, what I right? Mean? Diversity, inclusion, and then, or is it, or is it, there's diversity and then there's racial diversity? Well, you y- know, y- Yes. Because it
1: sounds like that's what she's implying with the word diversity. Yes. Uh, and I think to what she said, and Sab, I don't disagree with you at all. I want to validate, I think I agree. You said it so well. Yeah. I completely understand your point. I think there's room for both of these things to exist in the same, you know what yeah. I mean? And right. that everybody's experiences. Absolutely valid and true. Yeah. Um, I I do want to acknowledge that I think what she has said is very important in that the word diversity has been watered down by White people and other marginalized groups, right? Right. Because kind of it used to mean. Reclaiming it. Because when mean someone just said diversity, color. it
0: meant racial diversity. Yes.
1: Based on the color of your skin. And
0: now when people say, oh, a room is diverse, you might walk in and see everybody of the same skin tone. So
1: yeah, maybe that is a, a benefit for a different word.
2: one thing I definitely think, like, diversity cannot exist with only white people. Yeah. Like, I think that is, like, to me, the central thing that I hear in what she's saying, which is like, <laughs> if you don't have racial diversity, then it's not diversity. Yes,
1: even if you have a room full of different That's religions, genders, sexes, abilities, yes. all of that, it's still it's not diverse. Diversity. Yeah, it's yeah, inclusive, yeah. Yes. but not diverse.
2: But I think in other ways, you, you don't have true diversity if it's not I, many intersectional different, as well. Many
1: different, yeah. I, I think at the very least, it's fascinating. No, you're so I'm so happy you're sharing. <laughs> no,
2: Only because they asked discussion. me to hop in on this.
1: No, this, but, is, yeah. a great, oh God, this is a no, great discussion. My God, no, it's good. Because dis- and and, listen, you and I i miss Tara just too. gorgeous, what?
0: gorgeous, amazing, happily working,
1: constantly busy, brilliant,
0: sought after bitches. But we're also two
1: straight white, white women, yeah,
0: and that's our lens.
1: That's right. So it's really helpful. But I, I it's think what so is what from. is most important for me is that she makes the the case that it uh, uh, we as white people we yeah. have now taken diversity kind of and lumped in every marginalized group with it versus racial diversity. Which does
0: not, which to her point,
1: is is not not making room
0: for people who have been actively silenced in
1: history. And when there are diversity programs, I'm using quotes, in businesses, in government programs, etc., we need to do better as a society to yeah. make sure that we are that those spots are,
0: are going that's to right. you know, people experiencing racial oppression. Yeah, not systemic, just, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. because
1: you're right, Sav. Like, and there are while there are some there are some groups that are marginalized that cannot disclose, right? Yeah. Like if you are differently abled in a way that shows up physically. Yeah. The color uh, uh the color of your skin if that's uh, yeah. non-white. Yep. Um those are things you cannot hide, but like yes. you said, Sav, there are there are, you know, like you can pass. Right. Um and so that's interesting. It's just kind of interesting.
0: Oh, these d- the reason all of these issues are such hot button topics is because there's not a. There's, there's not, not a, a clear yeah. answer that yeah. everybody agrees on. Exactly. yet. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation. I feel like I'm going to be thinking about this for days. I know. Right? And by the way, for everybody listening, it's okay. To mull it over and not know. It's okay yeah. to not sit here and go, no, I think it's exactly this, put it in a box the end, and like to have an not, ongoing, evolving conversation. She's not the cabinet
1: member of diversity. I mean, I wish we had one. Oh my but God. But you know it, what I mean? She she she's not the end all be all voice cabinet. on it. I just, what she said reframed the way I thought about it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. And if, if you are going, hey, I really wanna be in- inclusive and diverse and I run a business and it's important to me to do that. Look around and make sure you are not accidentally
2: mm-hmm.
1: only hiring. And what you just said is cool. What if you think of them as two separate things? Yeah, I want to be clusive, inclusive, inclusive and diverse. Yes, so I want to be inclusive of all marginalized groups, yeah. and People I want to from have racial all walks diversity. Of life, which, yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome! I love it. Thanks for um, that, um, and thank you, Sav, for for sharing your thought. I God. love that.
0: And I have to say, in going back and re-listening to the the All About Love Bell Hooks episode, yeah. Sav, you are so eloquent. I
1: know. I love it, Sav. And
0: clear it's and educated. sav did dump a- us,
1: make his own podcast, and leave us in the dust. Uh,
0: <laughs> I just Never. feel like now that everyone's Never. heard Sav, they're
1: going to be like, why listen to Misty or Lisa? Oh my God, right? <laughs> um, okay, from side effects of the white bubble, just a brief, because um, I'm sure we'll discuss What's this later. the white bubble? You and I are living in the white bubble. Oh, a
0: hundred percent. But I just mean—is there a clear way to say it?
1: I think like like who's, I think I know what you're talking about. Anybody but let's who's white? I don't. Okay, let me see if I can go Thank back. in. <laughs> anybody who's white? Uh, white perimeter with perimeters of. She has a little um, couplet with perimeters of privilege. It's been built on a lie, preserved by cowardice. It can only be popped from the inside. That's the white oh. bubble. Oh. Um.
0: I'm not sure I totally understand the first part of that, but I get that it can only be popped from the inside. So people so, people, uh, so existing here we go. in a world of white privilege.
1: I have been fortunate to know many white allies in my life. A key characteristic of uh, to their allyship is the ability to both acknowledge and use their privilege while popping their white bubble and not validating the construct of whiteness. Okay. When the tragic events of Charlottesville took place in oh, 2017... A close friend of mine and woman who happens to be white, that's how she distinguishes people white people and people who happen to be white. Great. Okay. Wrote this on Facebook and she posts this beautiful thing that this woman wrote with a lot of like a few thoughts for shocked shocked white people everywhere. The event and demonstration in Charlottesville is domestic terrorism, right? Yes. Like just calling it out. Yes. Right. Um and um, and then at the end she was like, "That's how you get invited to the barbecue." <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's just a quick thing about white ally versus white savior, but this is more focusing oh on the ally ship. Yeah. It's not enough to help give voice, resources, et cetera, to marginalized people. In addition, the white ally must use their privilege to engage with and challenge the white people who are an impediment to the eradication of racism. Mm. The white ally must speak up when in the presence of racial discrimination. The white ally must act when faced with the realities of appropriation of privilege and implementation of supremacy. The white ally must take a visible stance that they are a change agent. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's hard. So if you follow Matt McGorry on Instagram, he's a yes, great example he's a of an I know he, we have to have him on. Can, Can you ask I him? He's but taking we'll a beautiful his trip in Prague. I know. Um, OK, from side effects of stereotypes, um, cultural appropriation versus cultural reference.
0: Oh, this will be good.
1: Yes. So cultural appropriation is the borrowing of aspects of a culture by those who aren't of said culture, who have no valid connectivity to said culture, and who pay no respect to said culture for the purpose of vanity or commercial gain. Okay. This is committed most often by white people who historically have fully taken or simply eradicated indigenous cultures in pursuit of dominance. Mm. No, a white girl wearing a Cherokee headdress on her Instagram isn't the same as white people who sought out and committed genocide and thievery against the indigenous indigenous people of this continent. However... The wearing of a piece of Cherokee culture and tradition for no other purpose than, quote, because it looks cool without having any knowledge of its origin or paying any respect to it is, in fact, cultural appropriation. Yes. Fact is, if she had any respect for it, she wouldn't have it on her damn head anyway. Yep. Just because you may not like the word... And then she's talking about the N-word. Just because you may not like the word does not change the reality of its existence and the trajectory of its etymology from a hateful term used against black people to a versatile term used amongst black people. Mm. It is imperative to acknowledge this because then white people want to use the word. And it is not only an example of the continued entitlement of being included in everything, even when it does not pertain to them, in which so many white people feel. But it Mm -hmm. is also an example of cultural appropriation. Yes. If you do not identify as black, put the word back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cultural reference is not to be taken lightly or used as a, quote, get out of jail free card for committing acts of cultural appropriation. Cultural reference is when sufficient homage acknowledgement, and in some cases payment are given for the use of aspects of a culture outside one's own. If you are a clothing designer and you use prints from an indigenous culture that you are not a member of in your work, at the very least, you should be able to specifically reference the source and have researched insight into the meaning and use of that print. Yes. In an ideal situation, if you are making any type of profit off of aspects of a culture not of your own, a portion of the proceeds or pro should be going back to that community in a nature that either seeks to uplift or preserve it or
0: both. Thank you.
1: For centuries, people have left their homes to seek out land and encountered thriving civilizations with deep cultural traditions and roots that roots that originated long before, explorers, long before. Arrived.
0: explorers arrived.
1: The internet has continued exploration that, while not violent in the same way as Christopher Columbus and his company was, per se, still provides any mildly curious passerby a glimpse. And sometimes entry and insight into cultures and communities that otherwise would have remained unknown. Mm. It is the responsibility of one who seeks to properly provide cultural reference to do their research and due diligence into any culture whose assets they seek to use for any purpose.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: If you're going to repost something on Instagram you might be culturally appropriating or culturally referencing and you need to have done your research. She says, Dear Fashion Magazine, stop referring to things as quote new trends that are simply white people finding out about it for the first time.
0: Yeah. And you know what I keep thinking of? Yeah, tell me. Mud cloth. What's that? African mud cloth are mm-hmm. all those beautiful, they make pillows and benches and all sorts of things. Okay. Um and Restoration Hardware has like a whole line of like it's like think of like that beautiful thick black we like woven material mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm, white mm-hmm. shapes or triangles. Yes, I know like, exactly what you're talking that about. That has exploded in decor in the last few years, but it's like unless you're buying your mud cloth from a, you know a. a person from Africa who made the mud cloth at the Santa Monica's farmers market in my case to make pillows and they're profiting from it, right? It's it's weird to just be like, and I'm going to take these tribal prints that may have really significant meaning that were made
1: in Indonesia. Yes. <laughs> Off of slave labor. Yes. Yeah, that's great.
0: So it's like everything from home decor to are you a white girl with cornrows? What's that about? Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Okay, this is the last bit about um, side effects of staying woke.
0: Mm.
1: What does woke mean? It's an acute awareness of the racial injustices of black people. Yep. Self-care. She talks about um, wokeness is a constant state of awareness that can undoubtedly be stressful and frustrating. It's
0: hard. When you actually see the matrix for the first time and learn what white privilege is, et cetera, et cetera, it's like – It is really hard to go, wow, there are people facing so fucking much. Yes.
1: She says, it's anger inducing as one acknowledges the endless stream of racial injustices that continue to plague people of color. In this maelstrom of mayonnaise based fuckery, one must protect (laughs) not only their bodies and minds, but also their hearts and finding the joy. So she says, find the joy, have a circle of dopeness, your inner circle of people that you can always turn to and refine the rage. You can't be mad at everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. She oh. also says, over time, woke has been somewhat all lives mattered into an awareness for all and somewhat gentrified into an awareness for anything. Mm-hmm. Initially, it referred to black folks who aren't enslaved mentally, understand how injustices function today, and who choose to use their voice against those injustices. Right. So It does feel
0: like it's morphed into... watered down. And going like, oh, I Stay Woke is about yeah. the unique things that... Yeah. Every group faces versus.
1: Yeah. Again. So here's the bit hmm. about um, Caitlyn Jenner. And oh. I encourage, everybody just YouTube, Amanda Seals and Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. She says, I'm not hostile. I'm just passionate. This is from uh, that one time section. Mm-hmm. That's what I co- told Caitlyn Jenner as she sat across from me in the randomest of settings. Her red nail polished fingertips clasped in indignation at a YouTube live stream dinner hosted by Katy Perry. <laughs> Such
0: a weird sentence. Such a, such a this is happening in the two thousands.
1: <laughs> the gathering, part of Katie's seventy two hour Big Brother house, done in promotion of her then new album Witness, was coordinated to bring a diverse group of minds together, including Van Jones from CNN, Anna Navarro from The View, Sally Cohn from CNN, Young Skeeter who was a DJ, Caitlyn Jenner, Margaret Cho, Derek Blasberg who was a writer for Vanity Fair, and herself. The mix of guests was meant to encourage the importance of having difficult conversations with people you may respect, but with whom you have diverging and very disparate views, and it lived up to its expectations. The dinner conversation quickly evolved into discourse, and Caitlin became bristled by statements I made regarding the current president's proclivity for tyrannical behavior. Oh. With urging, she expounded upon her offense at my statements, saying that she, quote, loves this country. When I began to candidly yet courteously inform her about how her white privilege creates the lens through which she views America versus how I, a black woman, view it, shit got real. Everyone could feel it. Everyone knew it. A quote moment was happening. It's true. You mm-hmm. get tense watching it. Moments like that where unfiltered truths are cast against wavering ignorance like opposing spells from the wands of Dumbledore and Voldemort
0: Thank you. have happened at
1: a number of dinner tables since the 2016 election. When they do, they force everyone to play a role in whether the conversation will be an effective one. And our table was no different. There were Sally Cone and Katy Perry in the roles of the listener. Mm-hmm. It's the safest and oftentimes most courteous position to play especially if you're a white person and a black person is speaking about their black experience. Thank you. You had Van Jones, the moderator, Mm-hmm. I often found myself side-eyeing him. But that <laughs> night, he was vital in clearing up miscommunications, providing clarity to confusion, and overall encouraging all parties to be respectful, even in the midst of horseshit being spewed. Wow. Gotta love Margaret Cho and young Skeeter, the allies. May not have said much, but their demeanor and disposition read, speak your truth. Margaret's grin, and as I was breaking it down to Caitlin, was like that of a proud mom watching her kid finally confront their bully, which is the kind of encouragement you need when you're up against the obstructionist. In this case, that was Caitlin. The person at the table choosing to disengage when the discussion becomes difficult, willfully ignoring facts that are counter to their point, and thus misdirecting conversation from progressive to regressive based on cognitive dissonance, misinformation, and ego, or all of the above. Whoa. Lastly, there was me, the truth teller. The person armed with the information, the honesty, and the tenacity to speak directly to the heart of the issue and educate those involved while inspiring those in earshot. After the clip of what I now call the Caitlin Clinic went viral, several people asked me, do you think she heard you? My response was, I don't care. More importantly, who did hear hear me were hella black folks that felt empowered by the authenticity of our experience being represented. It may not be live streaming, but currently we're all at one big dinner table called America. And although there may not be a right side of the table, as makers of the media that not only changes minds but can change the world, we must remember there is a right side of history. What role will the work you do play in the conversation to make sure we land on it? Please watch that. It's so good.
0: That's also kind of speaks to her point about inclusion versus diversity because Caitlyn is, is transgender. a white transgender woman. Republican. Yeah. Rich. But, but that's <laughs> – yeah, very, wildly rich mm-hmm. um, and successful and that – how, you know, mm-hmm. Amanda has a completely different lens and viewpoint because of her. The way that racial she
1: collects her and releases her right. is so beautiful. I, collects I, her and releases. That's, that's why Amanda says oh it. She goes, God. "A clapback. You just collect someone and release them, and release." Wow. Okay, um, we're I'm in, tense. My stomach tightened just so hearing good. about that. Chapter three, Square Biz. This is. We're gonna go pretty quick through the last uh, couple chapters. Okay. For the intro of this, she says, there is really no easy road to the alignment of your professional goals with your heart. With one side rooted in logic and the other rooted in emotion, it takes time and clarity of thought to get the two to work in tandem. That's the process. Mm-hmm. Within that process, there are various stages and developments that seem insurmountable as they're happening, but in hindsight, prove to been requisite elements to your eventual ascent to shining on D's hose. That's in quotes. <laughs> She's funny. Speaking for myself as a creative, defining your style, your process, and yourself are paths that will try your whole entire patience at the same time that they're shaping you into creative who's on a grind versus just a hustle mm. okay <clears throat> so side effects from being a crea- a creative there's two sections trust the process and the style so we were just talking about trusting the process she's like you just have to trust the process that doesn't mean sit around and wait for things to happen or that when shit goes left you shouldn't attempt to make it right what it means there are ups and downs and you got to write it out
2: mm-hmm.
1: and style she says in the case of the creative your style is your biggest asset
0: well, define style it
1: is what makes your work identifiable and uniquely yours. It's kind of like a figurative barcode. Mm. In a sea of creatives gifting their art to the universe, your style is the constellation by which you spot yours in the night sky. Over time and growth of life experiences and maturity, your style will inevitably change. Let it. When you feel it happening, molt out of your style like an anaconda shedding its skin and breathe into fresher, more fitting flavors. Be fearless about this. Make sure that it's your inner voice evolving and not the marketplace driving you. There's thank more on you. That. That's, a huge, so
0: that's a huge point.
1: She And then I put a big heart on define your art before the industry defines it for you.
0: Ooh, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then um, side effects uh, of the come up. So she talks about self-worth. So uh, chapter four, Baywatch navigating the dating pool, and re- hashtag relationship goals. Now, is
0: that Bay like B-A-Y
1: watch? No, girl, that's B-A-E. Thank you. Um, I saw
0: that when you opened the book, and I was like, I love that title. <laughs> Bay watch? Thank you.
1: Um, uh, Current Do you mood. know what Bay means and what it stands for? Uh, B-A-E? It,
0: yeah, it's like a romantic or like a But like B-A is an acronym. One. It is? Before anyone else. Before anyone else? I think that's it. How does that apply?
1: I love you before anyone else. Like I choose you before anyone else.
0: <gasps> oh, I love that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it is it culturally appropriating for me to use the term bay? Technically? Probably. Okay good to know i'm gonna do my research don't worry i got it i'll google
1: there you go um that's
0: how it's done it's not that hard
1: (laughs) okay uh just a quick i do love because we talked about ghosting the other day on a a, a, a couple weeks ago with an article we? we did um here is uh ghost styles this is from side effects of the curve great here we go, here we go, here we go. What page is that? Page 177. Ghost styles. Ghosting has become so commonplace that, like Inuit tribes possessing 50 words for snow, there are now words for specific ghosting techniques.
0: Okay. Bread
1: crumbing. When someone when somebody drops little words in here and there like, hey, sup, you good? Just to keep you on the trail to their affection but never actually follow through with action. Yep. Stashing. When they just keep you in the stash. You don't meet their friends or family. You don't have consistent convos. They give you intermittent rewards to keep you on ice until the next time they want to see you. Uh-huh. Submarining. When they dip out mid-convo and then resurface days, weeks, months later like, hey, what's up? You good? Only to dip out and resurface again with the same lingo.
0: My mind is blown. My My jaw is on the fucking floor. Isn't that
1: great? I thought you would enjoy that.
0: So, wait, wait, wait. Cr- crumbing, stashing, and
1: submarining? Yeah, not, I'm sure. Like, coming? she's great. That's great. No, it's thank you for the nuance. Yes. Thank you. So then she talks about... Um, this is in her <coughs> gem drop-in segment. You're fine. The curve versus the diss. So, um, the curve, I think, is when... Um, the curve is simply, I'm not interested. That's what she says. Like, when the relationship's going in, it curves. That's how oh. I interpreted it.
0: Oh, oh, so you're, like, seeing someone, and then suddenly you're like, hi, by the way.
1: Yeah. Curveball. That's Out of right. nowhere. Yes. Okay. And she she says some people think that just because they got curved, they got dissed. They mm-hmm. attach the rejection to disrespect, but that's your ego on overtime. Uh-huh. So the curve is simply, I'm not interested. Right. Yeah. I don't have to be. She says a lot of folks say honesty is the best policy, but when it comes to the curve, I would swap honesty for tact.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got thoughts on this. That's not
1: to say you don't have to keep it real, but sometimes, actually, most times, in a curve scenario, it's just not necessary to say everything. Nope. Especially if everything borders on being straight up mean.
0: You know what I do? Mm-hmm. I have a template.
1: I love it. You, you could you choose from based on the situation.
0: I have a base thing that I say, because it's pretty true, but I'll change it for the person, but it goes something like this, right? Bye. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me or for spending time with me over the last few weeks. Bye. Bye. And that's it. Oh, okay. And I go, Bye. No, no, no. But in all seriousness, I say, like, I'm not feeling the spark I was hoping to, and- That's lovely. Yeah. I'm not feeling the spark I was hoping to, but thanks so much for being a great date, you know, if they if they I were. just send them a glitter ball. But you you don't have to say you don't have to say like here's why or you did something wrong or yeah. you can you can always thank someone for their time. Yeah, and and. You know, for being willing to meet face-to-face. And that's not saying anything flattering or dismissive, you I know? I usually just
1: say I would rather womanize myself. Just kidding. Um, she says, don't get me wrong, sometimes a mean curve is absolutely earned. I
0: think Lisa, really <laughs> quickly, is when she says womanize, she doesn't mean be abusive to herself. I think she's Although referring to the like brand it. of vibrator yeah, it's,
1: it's, called the womanizer. It, it. People say that... People say... That they orgasm in 60 seconds with this thing. Okay. I, I need you to get one. Okay. Okay. Every womanizer.com. Um, no, is that a thing? I
0: was I gonna don't say know. sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. We'll take For the first 500 listeners that call <laughs> <laughs>
1: Go to womanizer.com slash <laughs> no, no, no. go blank yourself. Go, go beep yourself. Go fuck yourself. Um, things take a turn when the curve has a bite to it. Oh. That's when we step into diss territory. Diss is short oh. for disrespect and rejection is bad enough without that extra bit of bitter added to it. Yes. So here's some examples. Um, She says disrespect is really about the reason you were curved and how the curve went down. So curve. I just don't feel like there's chemistry here, but thank you for taking me out like you hey. do. Hey. Diss. You're hella corny and it doesn't turn me on, on on at all, but thank you for taking me out. No. Curve. I realize that I still have feelings for my ex, so before this goes any further, I think it's just best to be friends. Dis. They don't hear from you, but then they see you out with their ex. <laughs> with no. your ex, yeah. So I thought that was a nice distinction of like, yeah. and just calling it the curve. And then there's one more in this section that I liked. This is from um, Side Effects of Booed Up. Bitty
0: bye. Mm-hmm. Booed up.
1: People are planets. There are various social generalities to dealing with people, but especially when you're dealing with a person on a one-on-one basis in romantic space, I consider everyone to be an individual. To that end, I look at people like planets. You see, each planet has its own climate, core, and history, just Mm. like people. And understanding that, you realize how much of a feat it is for two people to truly come together. Yes. Regardless of the gravitational pull of two people, their planets must have compatible climates, cores, histories to be able to find and retain a stable orbit.
0: Compatible, not
1: compatible. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, You know, that's my point of view. I'm putting my own editorialization on it. Um, The climate, someone's patterns and ways of dealing with life. Are they prone to storms? Are they cold? Are they temperate? Are they dry? the mm-hmm. core, their value system and foundation. Yes. Are they solid like granite? Are they flaky like limestone? Are they nurturing and giving like minerals? To which limestone was like, hey! <laughs> the history, the way someone's experiences have shaped them into who they are. Are they eroded after years of bumping into other planets that were not compatible Aww. or compatible? Are they soft sand beneath hardened volcanic rock that formed in order to protect? Oh, that's are they mean. fields of green that rejuvenate when watered by their own atmospheric system. Oh. I thought that was cool. It's also me. And I was like, "Damn. Truly
0: outrageous." Um,
1: chapter 5, people are weird handling humans and squat up.
0: People are weird. Mm-hmm.
1: This is definitely um you and I. It's the side effects of being a realist. Uh-oh. I am skipping the side effects of being a type A personality because like because
0: I'm highly
1: aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm and here's her little poem for it. You keep it 100 so folks think you're coming for their necks, but you're just sharp in assessment, straight up and direct. But then she does have like a knife and blood. Oh, my gosh. And it says the truth hurts. Being able to see the realities of what's what is a burden. The truth doesn't just hurt the people on the other side of it. It can hurt you to know it and too often be expected to keep it to yourself or dole it out to an unknowing or unwelcoming party. And I thought about our strategic brains. Oh, yeah. How when people are like, what if we do this? And we're already like, that's not going to work. No,
0: that's never going to work because five steps down the line, it all falls apart. And they're like, I don't think
1: that way. (laughs) She says managing that awareness is its own beast and one that can affect many in negative ways. Yeah. Try to instead look at the skill as a gift. Being able to see the truth, no matter how ugly it is, gives you the necessary tools to find resolution, elevation, justice, and more. In a world where ignorance is bliss and facts have become, quote, alternative, Ugh. the truth is a high-value commodity that must continue to be mined and preserved no matter how inconvenient, disruptive, or hurtful it might seem to be. Whoa. I like That's that. That's really powerful. Uh-huh. I like that for us. Um, but she's right.
0: It is hard. It is hard having a, an objective
1: and real... It is super oh, hard. Yes. And this is the art of a clapback from Side Effects of um, Haters. Oh. The clapback is a quick, concise response that gathers someone so tightly, there is no room for a response. <laughs> it takes a cool head and swift thinking to deliver it properly. But when you can master it, it's like finding all the infinity stones and having the power to turn those haters hate into, instantly into dust.
0: I love her references and She is, her pop she loved Star references. Trek. she loves star Wars.
1: she is like <laughs> she loved like she would um instagram story when she was watching um game of thrones like mm-hmm. she, her cat is named lando for lando calrissian i love this and she got a second one named hurry for ohura from Such star trek a nerd. yeah she says in order to be good at clapbacks you have to remove emotion find the facts and keep it curse word free to which i said <laughs> i guess i'm not going to be doing that
0: sounds like somebody trying to come across as not an angry black woman as well
1: she's had to learn how to do that yeah um She does do that on Instagram when people send her terrible messages. She'll post them on her story and just go, be blocked and blessed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know who's really good at clapbacks? Who? Rachel Carkle. Oh, yes. She's amazing.
1: So, Misty, we're coming to your homework. Oh. This is again in side effects of haters. Thank you. Are they a blip or a breath? Your vision and your purpose are your radar. You have to determine who is a blip. A momentary discretion. Mm-hmm. There's a distraction, not discretion. Ooh, an oh, indiscretion. Ooh, a I'm momentary. hoping
0: for a momentary discretion, <laughs> to be clear.
1: A mo, uh, are they a blip, a momentary distraction, or a breath, meaning they breathe life into your vision and your purpose? When the latter brings commentary your way, that may feel uncomfortable.
0: Are we talking friends or haters?
1: Well, haters. Okay.
0: I don't, I'm not popular enough to have haters.
1: I bet you do. Oh, we do for this podcast s- wow. we do for this podcast there was that one one star review two star or something like that <laughs> but listen if they're not a friend but when you get feedback yeah right yes when the latter brings commentary your way it may feel uncomfortable but before you reject it pause and take it in yeah it might be helpful if it's not release it mm-hmm. however if someone is a blip you don't have to do all of that. Yeah. Let that go right on by. Yeah. Learning how to discern between the two can save you a lot of time and annoyance.
0: I love this. So that's your
1: homework is to think about somebody from the week who, or a feedback you've gotten in, in history and whether they were a blip or a breath.
0: You know what this reminds me of? Yes. I have a dear friend. Yes. Who says that anytime they are rejected romantically – Okay. They ask for feedback from that person.
1: But what if that person is a psychopath? Well,
0: that's the thing, right, is, is this friend says that the, the upside of this is worth the potential downside because what if somebody says, oh, you have terrible breath and that's why I didn't want to kiss you or go out on a second date? Like, that's information that you might not get otherwise. But I think there's a real danger – and asking people for feedback who already don't respect you, Look, or, don't sitting, like you or don't know you or completely hunched over Yeah, you're and totally in. hunched over and I think it is important to only ask for feedback from people you
1: respect. I say this because I was in a toxic relationship with somebody who was working on themselves in a very slow fashion <laughs> and was big on honesty. Oh. and would say things and I was at a point in my development and my journey therapy and journey where I felt like I had to honor everything they said and like take that in oh and I didn't know enough about myself to set boundaries and recognize enough about them to realize that they were fucking unhappy Mm -hmm. so I don't like that
0: I don't like no I don't like it either and this really helps because if you go so for instance if someone ghosts you
1: Do you really want to
0: reach out and say, hey, do you have feedback for me about why you ghosted me? Because that person
1: already doesn't respect you enough. If I were married to them for 20 years and they fake their death, I would like to know why. Roger? What's (laughs) happening? And I would say, well, first it started, I knew when you married a guy named Roger.
0: Everyone knows that.
1: That's, that's, that's part and parcel. That's every name of every man and every... Uh, Roger, Why, where did I... Come in and have a drink, Roger. Come in, sit down. Let's talk about how you faked your death under the railway car. <laughs> this is my favorite thing about Amanda Seals. Okay. We're moving into side effects of insecurity. Okay. She posted a, a big um, Instagram... And I I wanted this thing forever. Her manager gave her this big, like, woven, like beach bag. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this, like... Yeah. Not... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wicker? But, you know... Oh, oh, oh. it's It almost looks like a jute rug. Yes. Yes. And on it was stitched, I'm not for everybody. And that has become, like, my favorite phrase.
0: I'm not for everybody. I am not for everybody. Can you imagine what it's like to go on a first date with me? I'm not for everybody. But
1: here's the thing. In my 20s... I thought I had to be for everybody. Oh, I was devastated. If I wasn't for everybody. If I wasn't for everybody. In my 30s, I I, I mourned that I wasn't for everybody. Yeah. And now in my late 30s and beyond. <laughs> in your mid-30s. And, my, and now at 29, I realized, <laughs> now that I'm back to being 29. It keeps getting younger. And now at 18, since I can vote, now, I'm
0: not everybody. Now that I'm, for I'm a everybody. senior in high school.
2: No, anyway. but you
0: know what's funny? It also, it goes from the evolution of like, I want to be for everyone. I'm devastated I'm not for everyone. Maybe I'm not for everybody too. Everybody is not for me. Yeah,
1: I don't want, I don't <laughs> like anyone. My mom gave me a dish towel that says, People I like. Dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she gets it. Yeah. Linda gets it.
1: Um, along with that, here's a section called Bullshito Non Grata. Mm. People will pass you their BS. Pass it back. What I mean is pay attention to what people show you about their own insecurities and how those can affect you. Oh. You'll be busy talking, some, taking something personally, not even realizing whoever you're talking to is actually just deflecting their own insecurity back onto you. Get your ninja skills ready and last dragging them to vibes to the left. Okay. I think that's about it. And then the last um side effects of living in your truth. I love this section because to me it's way more relatable than like light worker.
0: Oh God. From <laughs> light is the new black.
1: Yeah. Um the way she, you said light worker. Um, here we go. Like, what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. Um And um, 303, hella deep. Here we go. You'll never stop learning, but at some point, searching gets in the way. So how do you know when it's in the way? When you're so entrenched in self-exploration that you are no longer living in the present, but always examining it. And I thought, is that us in this podcast? It's us. (laughs) When you've become one of those people who is concerned only with learning, but not about actually applying the lessons. Uh. And when your self-exploration devolves into self-involvement. Oh, yeah. She says, it's admirable to boldly delve into the depths of the black hole that is you. (laughs) Thank you. You think you sound deep. You actually sound lost.
0: Come on back. Anyway. Come on back.
1: That is like one-tenth of the small doses.
0: This just seems like
1: a freaking epic book. It does. I want to read it. I loved our conversation that we had in the middle. Thank you for listening if you're still here. Yeah. Um, I did see a review on Stitcher that was like, I can't, I can't listen all the way to the end, but it, it's good stuff up front. And I was like, okay.
0: The point is <laughs> pick and choose what works for you. That's right. I also have friends who listen every single morning an episodes release, released. And then they text me like, I loved what you said about blah, blah, blah. You and they're what? like 57
1: minutes in and we're they get not, it. We're not for everybody. We're not
0: for everybody. That is the name of our fourth self-help And book. at
1: 19, I'm learning to let that go.
0: And <laughs> I you know, oh, Sab, chuckle, <laughs> giggle. Okay, we're gonna fly through the yes, questions very Did this book need to be written?
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. We've gotten, we've talked ad nauseum about what she got right. What she get wrong? Um,
1: you know, as a white, a person who happens to be white, Thank I would you. like to claim that for okay. myself. Um, I wanted to, like, here I am sharing things that I learned about this book, and I'm kind of like. I don't want to say it how she said it because I don't want to be appropriating. Right. I d- right. So there's a little bit of that of, as I'm reading it, as she wrote it. So there's a little bit of that. I, I wanted her to give me permission.
2: Right. <laughs> a little bit of like, right. if I'm
1: sharing something that you said, can I do it? But I, I think it is. I think I'm overthinking it because I'm very, very scared of, of of like, I don't want to do it wrong.
0: Well, you, you want to be an ally. Yeah, I do. You want to be an ally and be respectful. I do. Okay.
1: So there's a little bit of that of like, how do I share your message without sounding like, without fucking up? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like right. Just like a disclaimer for, for people who happen to be white.
0: Right. Like, it's okay to quote. The Hannas. Quote she calls them Hannahs, Right. The Hannahs Versus the
1: Beckys. Oh. Yeah. Right. That's right. has her stand-up special on HBO, i Be No, and it's so
0: good. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. It's so good. Oh, I will watch it. Um, Who's this book perfect for?
1: Any – um. Anyone, I would say, really anybody, any any woke person with regards mm-hmm. to or wants to be woke with regards yes. to uh, racial yep. inequality. Um, if you have a, a, a black, brown, African American woman in your life, this is a great book. She may already own it, but like mm-hmm. give it.
0: Great. Who's it terrible read for? It. Donald Trump.
1: Racist. Although mm-hmm. they'd be great. It'd be great for them to read when they won't. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Lisa's eyes. Can we
1: clockwork orange them into reading it?
0: Yep. Done. Um, and then, so my homework is decide if someone, if is an old blip hater a is a blipper
1: of breath. Or even just like somebody that maybe you took, you know, like in our 20s when we yes. took information in from everyone. Yes. Now looking back, were they a blipper of breath?
0: Yeah, I will ruminate on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody, if you have thoughts on this, yeah. write to us. We're gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can direct message us on Instagram. We're at gohelpyourselfpodcast.
1: Tell us what you think about that diversity versus inclusion. Again, she is not the uh, foremost authority. She's not making the rules. And yeah. we're just figuring it out for ourselves yeah. in our she effort up to be allies. Of, a lot
0: of good points and food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, that was amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Oh,
0: and with that, may all of our intersectionality and critical thinking and comedic flair be Be abundant. abundant. Wow, Misty,
1: that was great. Thank you.
0: Go Help Yourself, a comedy self help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing.
1: <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at Go Help at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias Instagram at Go Help Yourself Podcast.